Cashflow Diary Podcast, Episode 1. Congratulations, you showed up. Give yourself a high five in celebration of your success. Welcome to the Cashflow Diary, where new and experienced investors come to take confident action towards their goals. Your host is a family man, a real estate entrepreneur, investor, coach, and instructor. As a master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow 101 game, he's inspired many to begin their journey into creating cash flow for themselves and their family. And now, here he is to offer you the tools required to earn the income desired. Your cash flow coach, Jay Massey. Hello and welcome to the original first episode of the Cashflow Diary podcast. My name is Jay. I'm glad that you are here. Most of you, you probably don't know who I am. You've never heard of me. You've never, maybe even never heard of Cashflow. So I will, in this podcast, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a quick outline of how this podcast is going to work, who I am, why I think it's important for you to listen, and and why you know Cashflow is important to you now, and possibly some information on how you can begin to create more of it for yourself. Uh, One of the things that I want to make sure that you understand is that uh, I do spend a lot of time out there in the marketplace uh, using uh, these strategies. I'm currently a practitioner of everything uh, that you'll hear or at least most of the things, and if I'm not a practitioner of something, I will let you know, uh, especially if we happen to have a guest or things of that nature. One of the things I wanted to announce, though, is that we are in the process of creating a course that is going to be absolutely free, no cost. Uh, It's called Cash Flow Foundation. It's what some call what I call for sure the first and initial step. It's the step that most people miss or skip or for whatever reason, do not actually do uh, when it comes to building a business or creating cash flow, etc. But you will have that completely uh, at no cost to you. You just have to go over to the website cashflowdiary.com. That's C-A-S-H F-L-O-W Diary, D-I-A-R-Y.com. Com, and you'll be able to access that, of course, and that's just a free gift because I am committed to your education and edification, if you will, and that gets me to the next point. This podcast will primarily be educational. Well over 90, if not even 95% of the episodes uh, will be focused on bringing new and relevant information to you, uh, primarily through information or techniques or strategies that I've done uh, to go out there and create cash flow. Uh, I primarily, for those of you who don't know, uh, use real estate as my vehicle for creating cash flow. Uh, although there is a business component as well uh, to cash flow or successful cash flow creation that we will always be talking about. Uh, and there are many things that are out there uh, that you could listen to, and I'm aware of that. And uh, my hope is to make sure that this particular podcast is one that you return to often for no other reason than because you feel that you are able to get the information you need to take next steps. Um, Occasionally, though, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, one of the things that you will learn about me over time is that I like to be direct and very clear. 
there will be occasionally where we'll have a guest on or either myself. I'll, I will ask you to do business with me. I have no problem uh, asking you to do business with me, especially if we're providing value in any way, shape, or form. And hopefully you can see that value. And if you don't see the value, then just simply don't do the business. That's simple. Uh, however, that won't change uh, the ratio, as I said, of education. Like I said, we will keep the podcast 90 95% uh, just educational, just information that I believe will help you go out there uh, to create cash flow for yourself and for your family and for those people that are looking up to you. And to that point, uh, what I wanted to say is that uh, I'm not, let me tell you what I'm not. I'm not a paid, super high-level professional speaker. Uh, well, at least not yet. I, I'm not, I, I don't make my you know money from uh, anything other than doing real estate. Uh, I'm one of those practitioners. So that the information that you're getting, it's not like I did it 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, many would say I'm relatively new to the game and I would agree. Uh, I've only been doing it about four and a half years and we'll get more into me later, but I just wanted to give you a quick understanding uh, of some of the things that benefits that I believe you will have uh, just from listening uh, to the podcast over and over and uh, over again. One of the things that we're going to do is that I'd like to start out uh, today's episode with a quote. And here's the quote. It says, all riches have their origin in mind. Wealth is in ideas, not money. Do you know who said that? <laughs> that was a guy by the name of Robert Collier. Uh, he was an author, uh, born April 19th, 1885 to 1950, I believe is the year he died. Uh, he wrote a book called The Secret of the Ages. Now, you may not have read that book or even heard of it before, but it was referenced and made popular again by Rhonda Byrne. She's the author of the book, The Secret. That's probably what you are more familiar with, at least at this particular time. And I thought it was an interesting quote because it says all riches, not some, all, <laughs> have their origin in mind, which means that if you have a mind, to me, this quote simply means that if you have a mind, you have the ability to be wealthy period. Wealth is in ideas, not money. And I'm going to say many statements and things that I, I think uh, will challenge some and, and encourage many. Uh, but, you know, you can decide for themselves if they're true for you or not. That That's completely up to you. My, my point in saying that is that I don't believe that any person on the planet has a money problem, That but every person on the planet likely has an idea problem. Because it's ideas that create wealth and cash flow to flow to you, not necessarily having money. There are many ideas out there, and we're going to talk about some of them in this episode, uh, that I believe are costing thousands, tens of thousands. There are many, if dare I be so bold as to say, lies that, are, that you're being told right now that you've grown up with that you just don't know about that are preventing you from reaching your success and my intent is to shed some light on some of these darker areas or mystifying areas and i believe one of the greatest things that i will be able to assist you with is in the way you think uh, because if you're familiar with something called the process of manifestation uh, you'll understand that thinking is by far one of the most important pieces of the puzzle to be able to create, you know, anything, anything. Also, uh, what is important for you to know is to that I would love to answer your 
questions. And I'm going to call that section my two cents because that might be all my answer is worth. <laughs> so, uh, for example, one of the most frequent questions I get is if I don't have money, how can I do real estate? Or if I don't have credit, how can I do real estate? And one of the things that uh, I, how I want to attack questions like that is just directly in answering them. So if you have questions like that, I definitely want you to take the time uh, to send those in so that I have the ability to answer them for you. Now, I don't make a promise that I'll be able to answer all of your questions because there's lots of you and only one of me. Uh, but you would want to send that e that question to the following email address. It would be cashflowquestion at cashflowdiary.com because that way when that question comes in, we'll review it and we'll pick the good ones and those will be questions that we believe uh, we can answer well enough to be able to get you the information that you need. And if we don't know, we'll research it and figure it out uh, as well if need be. So uh, I'll answer the question, you know, if I don't have money, how can I do real estate? If I don't have credit, how can I do real estate? One of the things that is important uh, to understand when it comes to cash flow creation of any kind, of any kind, is that you can use a concept known as leverage. And we'll have an episode later, like I think the next episode that we're planning uh, will be uh, all about how to use leverage, but leverage in a completely different way. Uh, what you don't have isn't as important as what you do have. And one of the things that you want to focus on is the fact that inside of a real estate transaction, knowledge, time, money, and or credit are all needed. That doesn't mean that they all have to be your knowledge, time, money, or credit, okay? And you could bring something else to the table that's of value so where someone else can be able to uh, augment what they have. So you may have the knowledge and the time, someone else may have the money and the credit, and in that simple situation, what you do have is what's important, and let's focus on what you do have and not what you don't have. So... Today, uh, what I wanted to talk, cover in our main section is just to give you some ideas of why this particular podcast, in my opinion, is is necessary. Um, I personally believe, you know, having now done some real estate transactions over the past few years, that we're being lied to in many different ways. Uh, there are many things that we learn growing up that just aren't true, and uh, I've been able to go out there and, and do some things and I've been able to help some other people now in my business here locally and abroad uh, to be able to help them duplicate some of that same success. And it's just like, I think there's there's just more, there could be more value to the information if uh, I share it as opposed to just keeping it. And again, let, let me be very, very clear. This is not a skill set uh, naturally of, of mine when it comes to you know sharing information on a podcast, sitting in your office, talking to a microphone. That's ex not exactly the thought process, but because of technology today, we all have the ability to go out there and actually hopefully make a difference. And that's exactly what I want. I want to make a difference in the life of the listener and in your life. And I may not know you and we may never meet and that's not important, as important to me as you taking the information that is shared and going out there to create something for yourself. For example, here's 
one concept that I think right now is plaguing many Americans, specifically and possibly even the world, is just the whole concept of retirement. In my past, I've previously been a, a financial planner. Uh, so I've done, I had done that for a number of years in my past, and I got the privilege of seeing and the insides of, of many different individuals and how they use their money and all these types of things. I find it interesting that money is the one thing we're taught how to earn, but we're never told what to do with it. And that that in and of itself is an interesting thought process and story to me. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. What I will say, though, is this, is that in the process of working with some other people on their finances, I, I got to learn a lot about what successful people do. And uh, a lot of successful individuals don't rely on a job in order to make their success, you know, permanent. Here's another concept, though, that I, I want to submit to you just in this episode, just an idea. Right now, when you go through the idea of wanting to retire, when you say to yourself, I want to retire, first of all, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? For most people, that first thing that comes to their mind is an age, is like 65, 67 and a half, or maybe the number is 59 and a half, depending on what vehicles you're thinking about using, is that you're told that you can't retire until a certain age. Well, one of the initial things <laughs> I want to share with you today is the fact that retirement's a new concept. It's actually a new product, if you will. I mean, it. when I say new, new is relative towards many other things. For example, uh, new, it could be, I mean, if, for, if you take something that, say, is 70 years old, but compare it to something that's been around uh, for two or three or four or 500 years, the 70-year-old item is new and relatively untested. And that's kind of what we're talking about when it comes to retirement. It's not that old of a concept because people used to not live that long. They just died, right? There was no need to necessarily save you know, extra money for your own retirement because if you had enough kids that would take care of you, you'd live on the farm and pass away that way. Those, those, it's just a different concept. It's a different way of looking at it. And I think a lot of Americans, and I know myself and family and friends, we're all still figuring it out. However, there's been one concept that's been out there for so long and it's discouraging so many Americans. I've got to share it with you today. The concept is simply what I've always called either a pile of cash or a stack, if you will, or a stream of cash. Because what happens is that you're told that, you know, hey, I want to retire. Awesome. So you sit down with the financial planner. And again, I'm not against financial planners. I don't want to say that in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying, understand what's going on. So you've got this pile of cash, right? Or at least that's what you're told. You're told that you've got to save this pile of cash. And I'm going to uh, say, say for example, you said to yourself, you know what, I'd like to have $10,000 a month come in without working. Okay. And by the way, that's the definition of retirement. You have enough money coming in without you physically getting up, going to work to be able to sustain your lifestyle and you don't have to work. So that money comes in, but you still get to do whatever it is you want to do without working. If you do that at age 18, there's nothing illegal about that in the U.S. There's nothing illegal about doing it at 25, 35, 45. Some of you are like, go higher, faster, right? 55, 65. It doesn't matter what age you get it done. What's important is that you get it done, okay? So 
you've got this pile of cash that you're told. You're like, okay, well, if you want $10,000 a month, assuming inflation and all these other things, what you need to save, this is the typical conversation you're having. It's what you need to save is $3.4 million. And, uh, and you look at that number and you go, wow, is that all? <laughs> and all I got to do is save $3.4 million, which means for most people, it's not going to happen because the average American household income over their working career doesn't even come close to making an earning gross income of $3.4 million, let alone saving $3.4 million to the side as well on top of being able to achieve their goals. So the whole point in this is to say, that $3.4 million is the pile of cash. And what happens is that most people set their goal, and this is what I did anyway, I set my goal to save a certain amount of money and, and go that route and try to earn you know enough money to, to make all of those things happen. And you set out on that path because that's what you were told to do. And that's what I was teaching uh, as the financial planner because that's what I understood. And then uh, three of my clients had a what I now call a stream of cash. Three of them had rental real estate, and they were the only three uh, that, in my opinion, ever really had a shot at retiring, and I, I wanted to know more about it. At the end of the day, I wanted to know more about it. Here's the concept. Can you imagine if you, if you had zero dollars in the bank? Now, that part might be easy to imagine, but if you had zero dollars in the bank, but you knew on the first of every month, you've got... $10,000 coming in, no matter what. No matter what you do, if you move, the money finds you. You spend it all in the, in the month that it comes, the next month, another $10,000 shows up. Nothing you can do to stop it from coming to you. Regardless of how much money you have in the bank, you could live on that. Most Americans could figure out a way to live on that. And here's the key point. Once you've learned the process of how to create even $1 of a stream of cash, all you've got to do is continue to duplicate that process successfully over and over and over again till you hit whatever number that you're after. That's the genesis of this particular podcast is to focus on things like cash flow and how to generate it. Uh, you know, you could use stocks and you can use business and real estate. Well, you, I don't care what you use and we'll talk about all of those concepts. But the point is, is that if you're stuck looking at a $3.4 million number that you've got to save, most Americans just quit and most people just say, I can't do that. There's just no way. They cast off all restraint and go straight to spending their money. They don't try because it doesn't look and seem possible. And for most people, it won't be possible. It's not even probable. And that's the thing. However, developing a stream of cash by having an asset that you control work for you, that is more probable for most people. So no longer do I want you to think, oh, I've got to save a, a whole big pile of cash. The question becomes is how many assets or how can I get control of enough assets that can then generate $10,000 a month? And one of the things that I've learned and loved about real estate is the fact that it doesn't take $3.4 million worth of real estate to be able to generate a strong passive income of even something like $2,000, $5,000 or $10,000 a month, which most people don't even live on right now. So one of the great things about real estate is the fact that it has the ability to do that with a service that absolutely is in demand and will always be in demand. See, one of the things the, 
that is important for every person is that what you don't know can, is, and always has hurt you. You've grown up like I did. If you grew up anywhere like I did, you were told what you don't know can't hurt you. But that's so not true. What I don't know, what you don't know about tax law, what you don't know about legal, what you don't know about real estate, what you don't know about stocks and business ownership, what you don't know about marketing and prospecting, what you don't know about customer relationship management, what you don't know, what you don't know about what you don't know. (laughs) It all hurts. It all hurts in some way, somehow. And we have to push ourselves to go and learn these extra things. See, the things that I'll say, quote unquote, they want us to know, they give us those things for free. And because we're humans, we'll take the path of least resistance, whatever is easiest. Like for some, some people probably have already quit listening by now. I mean, I don't know. But the point is that you, you still are and you're the one I'm looking to talk to. You go through kindergarten through 12th grade and you have expectations and here's the rub. The rub is that you're told certain things are possible and probable if you learn these things. That's what was told to me. I can remember specifically asking uh, my teachers. I was like, look, if I learn this, can I or will I? I think the words were, will I learn or earn $100,000 a year? They told me yes, so I learned it. Now, I, I... I don't know. It's not like I can hold them accountable. But the point is, is that I was sold an opportunity, a bill of goods, if you will, that said, if you go to school, you get good grades, you end up with a job, you'll be taken care of and everything will be fine. I found that to not necessarily be 100% accurate in everything that was being shared with me. This is what I now understand to be true about education, though. The purpose of education is to teach you and I to recognize opportunity. The challenge is that most of us through kindergarten and 12th grade or some who have gone to college, I was personally a college dropout, um, but we've been taught only to recognize one type of opportunity and solve our income problem one way, and that's with a job. See, we've all had the same challenge all of our entire adult life. We've all needed an income. We were told that the solution to your income needs is to go get a job. And so that's what we did. We went and got a job because that's what we thought was supposed to do. You know, how many times have you had a great idea that you know could become an excellent business if you just had some, you know, training, mentorship or guidance, but, you know, you start thinking about it and then you go, but no, I, I got to live. I should just go get a job. And and you put that dream aside and I'm here to say, don't do that anymore, (laughs) okay? Uh, Let's start focusing on the skills and techniques necessary to create and use that idea, use that dream to go out there and build some business and make some things happen. Well, you may also ask, well, why is this podcast needed now? Let me ask you this. What other time do you and I have? I mean, do you have any other time than right now? Are you promised something tomorrow? I'm not. I I don't know. I know for me, one of the reasons that this podcast and the Cashflow Diary website uh, exists is because I've got four children and I want them to be able to hear dad's voice and know uh, what dad was thinking in this journey of creating Cashflow. Uh, I want to be able to share with them uh, how they can go out there and continue to build and and sustain uh, business and make things work. And I figured in that process, since I was doing it for them that, you know what, if I shared it with other people, that they would also find benefit in being able to have access to the same information. That's why this podcast exists. 
So, you know, and here's the idea. No matter how much I may want to, I can't act in the past. I cannot act in the future. I can only act right now. And those choices that I make today will obviously influence the outcome of the the future. And for me, in my opinion, now is an unprecedented time for those who wish to gain wealth uh, because you have an opportunity to do so because the market is broken. And understand that broken markets are necessary uh, because if the market only continues to go up and up and up and up and up, but you, what happens is that you and I, the new person who comes along later after, <clears throat> excuse me, after the market has started, we don't get an opportunity to go in. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that. Uh, we don't get an opportunity to go in. We just don't. And when markets break, this becomes our opportunity. So right now the market is broken and it's our opportunity to get in, uh, especially as it specifically relates you know, to real estate. So that that's definitely something... Uh, I think makes, you know, why now important for you as well as myself. You know, I'm still on this journey. Uh, one of my goals right now at this particular moment in time is to end up in a position to where my family and I uh, own and control uh, a thousand units of rental real estate free and clear. At this particular moment in time, uh, we have uh, a little over 200 units uh, across various different states. And one of the things that, you know, we've learned in this process over the last four years or so uh, is that, you know, cash flow, or as, you know, Jim Rohn used to say, uh, profits are better than wages. And one of the things that I want to make sure that, you know, gets passed on, to, like I said, to my kids. So in, in essence, what this podcast, what the website are, what all these things are, this is a documentation of a father to his children uh, so that they have the ability to understand what dad is thinking. And in this process, you get to participate because you, if I'm thinking of, you know, my kids, I'm thinking of teaching the information in such a way so that they can go out there and duplicate it. And I fully intend and expect that many of the listeners will go out there and duplicate, you know, some of their success. Because now, uh, I mean, I've helped uh, one guy even this year. In fact, uh, he was able to purchase his first nine unit building. He now has 13 units after being associated with myself and some of my friends. And another gentleman is in this month is in the process of purchasing his first 16 unit building. And I've, I've helped people. I've got another guy who's in the process of, you know, rearranging his portfolio and he'll be fine buying one of his first uh, apartment complexes. And this is the, you know, I guess, reference points that I needed to see that I could actually help people. And that, that's been one of the greatest things, you know, one of the blessings that I feel I've been given is, is the fact that I, I've figured something out. It may not be the most important thing in life, but uh, I've figured out, you know, how to put deals together and I can help other people learn how to put deals together. And I want to make sure that my kids know how to put deals together. And I figured if I document this process, other people would be interested in it because I'm asked a lot of questions a lot of the time. And, and, and I actually enjoy sharing what it is uh, that I know. So that that's, you know, there. But what I want to say, don't sit here thinking that it was always rosy and great uh, for Jay and his family, because that that's so not the case. So for, for the last few moments of this episode, what I'm going to do is I, I'm going to let you in on the story of where my wife and I, where we started, that type of thing, so that you can have an understanding of why even listen to me. So we've talked about why the podcast, why now. Now we're going to talk about why even listen to me. 
you know, maybe some of you haven't made it this far into the podcast and you'll never know, they'll never know why, but you, you're at least intrigued or curious and you can decide, you know, I, I could be not, I could be the last person you want to ever hear again. And that's completely fine uh, by me, but there may be some things that, you know, for some of you that I could actually help and, and share. And, and that's what I intend to do uh, through sharing the steps that I've taken and continue to take on, on my journey. So um, as I've kind of alluded to earlier in the story, uh, or earlier in the show, I should say, is that I was a financial planner and insurance guy for a number of years. So I did uh, property and casualty insurance, that's auto home life, uh, things like that. Uh, I've done uh, life insurance for sure. Uh, I've done some variable and fixed products. So I had the long-term um, you know, plan. I was doing the 401k business. I did some active money management. Uh, I had the Series 663 Life Health Long-Term Care License and Certifications. Uh, also the Series 65. Uh, I've had a number of licenses. I don't have any of those, you know, uh, now, and I guess this is a good time to give a disclaimer that in, in no case am I ever trying to give you or anyone listening some sort of financial, legal, or tax advice. I'm not any of that for any of you, but I will always share the ideas that I currently use or that my team tells me uh, are good and that I've seen work uh, in the marketplace today, not 20 years ago, but today. And uh, as new deals happen or as new things come down the pipe, uh, I will share those with you too. So I've been doing a financial planning and insurance thing for about four years, and I love that. I love helping people. That's just fun for me. Uh, I love taking something that seems to be complicated and making it reachable, possible, dare I say probable for other people. That gets me excited. So um, in that process, as I said, I had sat with probably 100 clients or so. And what that simply means is that I sat at kitchen tables talking to people, understanding what they've been, what they've done, and learning something that was very, very painful is that there were a lot of people that I would sit with and they had worked 20, 30, 40 years, nurses, airline pilots, and uh, utility workers, and all kinds of doctors, salespeople, all kinds of people who would dedicate their lives to companies. And I'm not saying dedicating your life to a company in and of itself is bad. I'm just saying make sure that you, you know, mind your own business uh, as well. And what ends up happening is that at the end of the day, most of their 401k retirement plans and everything that they've put together will last approximately seven years. Between taxes and inflation, that's what most people look at. And it's like seven to 10 years and then they're done. And they're like, well, I guess I got to go back to work. And this is evidenced by things like, you you know, you might have some friends right now who say they retire and then two years later they're back at work and you're like, I thought you retired. Or they say they retire, but then they get a part-time job. And I was like, well, that, that's not quite exactly the vision of retirement. And they're not working because they want to. They're working because they have to. Or more importantly, they're afraid uh, that their money's going to run out. Uh, or and or the exact opposite way of looking at that is that that you're afraid you're going to live too long. <laughs> you know, uh, I've had you know people on all sides of that particular spectrum, and in that process, as I alluded to earlier, uh, three of my clients had a shot at earning at least twenty five hundred dollars a month without working. Only three, and but all three of them had rental real estate. That was a clue to me, and I, so I, I wanted it. I just didn't know anything about it as I said earlier. And, you know, back a few years ago, my wife and I had experienced a miscarriage and that was very, very painful. But later that year, uh, my wife also uh, lost her job and 
that didn't that wasn't so much fun but i was practicing what i taught and if you know the slogan for the cash flow diary is practice what you teach and that's exactly you know what i was doing as a financial planner and that's what i do today is that i practice what i teach and we had the 6 to 10 months of expenses set aside now i don't know if you actually sat aside the 6 to 10 months of expenses but i know you've heard that before uh, at least once and this is how we found out that 6 to 10 months of expenses might not be enough uh, later, uh, as time would go after she, you know, lost her job, she did eventually find a new one. That was good. However, uh, she found herself in a situation where she was pregnant. Now, for those of you listening and wondering, yes, that was my fault. So don't worry about that. However, when she's pregnant, she has a condition known as hyperemesis. Now, you may not know what that is. Uh, I had never known what it is. And usually I find that the only people who know what it is are doctors or nurses, someone in the medical profession and or people who have had it. So what it simply means is that in short layman's terms, she could not eat or drink, period. Water or bread. Doesn't matter how simple the item was. She couldn't keep anything down. She almost died three times. And it took us a while to figure out what uh, was going on. And some people, you know... In this part of the story, they call what happened next, you know, uh, luck or faith. I call it God because there was no other way that we would have been able to get to the solution. At the time, there were only two hospitals uh, that happened to have a treatment for what it is that, you know, she had or this new treatment that was all experimental. And uh, one of them happened to be Hogue Hospital in Newport Beach. And uh, I, I live in Orange County, so that was great. The other one was on the East Coast. And they did uh, some super high-level technical procedure. I don't know what it is. I still call it an oil, lube, and filter change because at the end of the day, that's what they did. They hooked her up to a whole bunch of bags and stuff was getting changed. Now, here's where you I learned the limitations of being something that I enjoyed. I enjoyed the work of a, uh, of a financial planner, but a financial planner is technically self-employed. Code for if you don't work, you don't get paid. And I've got a choice now to make. Do I go and sit by my wife's bedside, who's almost died three times, or do I go to work? And I know some of you, depending on the situation, you would choose to go to work. And I I did not choose to go to work. I went to uh, my wife's bedside. And let me be very clear. I'm not faulting either choice. I'm just saying be aware that having to make such a choice absolutely stinks. That's the problem is that we subscribe to a system that relegates our lifestyle in such a way that we're very, very unhappy later because it's the path of least resistance. It's the path that's offered to us. It's the path that is made easiest to obtain. And we take it and gobble it up. So <clears throat> what I'm saying to you right now is that, that that's what was going on. We were making some, we had, I had to make some tough decisions. Uh, it came down to a point to where what I started doing is that uh, I started selling our personal possessions on eBay. So uh, I would literally go in our closet and, or in our garage and try to find something that I could put on eBay. So it'd be like Friday, try to find it on eBay, find something to put on eBay, Saturday, put it on eBay, sell it on Sunday so that by Monday uh, we had money for gas and food and electricity. That's literally what I had to do. And I was doing that from the hospital room uh, because of technology again. Like I said earlier, I love technology. Uh, because of technology, that, that's what I was doing. I was doing that from the hospital room uh, because I was trying to, to be the excellent husband. I mean, I told my wife right at the altar, you know, for better or for worse, and it just felt like everything that had happened to her uh, since we'd been married had been for worse. And I was like, man, how do I create some, some of the for better? And I didn't know. And I was just very, very frustrated at this time. 
one day to blow off some steam uh, at one of our outdoor church services, uh, I went to, to play volleyball. I played volleyball. Now, I grew up playing basketball. My wife, however, is a volleyball expert. She uh, uh, is in the UCI Hall of Fame for, you know, volleyball as well as track. And, you know, so she's good at it, <laughs> but I'm not. Anyway, uh, I say the whole basketball comment because it just explains that I jump very, very high. And in jumping high, uh, I saw that it that that could be an advantage in volleyball. And they have this move called a spike where you have to jump high and hit the ball really fast on the ground. And I was like, cool, I can do that. That's something I can do. And I, I went to go spike the ball and I landed on a guy's head and I punctured my lung. I was born with a condition known as asthma. I developed a condition known as pleurisy. The two together combined with the drug interaction made it impossible now for me to walk and talk simultaneously without fainting. It was pretty, pretty ridiculous. You ever have something go on and you go, man, could this possibly get any worse? Do not ask that question. The answer is yes, it can. So don't do that, okay? Now, all of these things were going on at the same time and I didn't necessarily enjoy that, uh, but it was my life. And we had to figure out a solution and it was around... You know, this time I, I was still selling stuff on eBay. And some of you may remember when CompUSA was going out of business, what I would do is that I would take that uh, $70, you know, DSL modem that they would sell. I would take that $70 modem because they started selling them for as low as $18 at one point, And I would sell that modem on eBay for $45. And I would do, and I would literally buy the entire stock that they had at any CompUSA. And I went to every CompUSA I could find in the LA and Orange County and San Diego area at the time to, to make that happen so that I could keep doing that. We started going to garage sales. I started all kinds of things uh, to be able to just generate inventory. And just so you know, everybody, every one of you listening inside your garage or inside your house or apartment, I know you have at least $3,000 of stuff uh, that you could sell on eBay right now. You, Everybody does. Everybody does. Anyway, uh, the whole point I'm trying to say is that's what was going on in my life. And what my what happened is a friend of mine said, you know, I got a solution for you. I'm like, I am all ears. I need solutions because right now, all I have is a whole bunch of problems. And he said, you need to become a real estate investor. I was, it did not seem natural. It did not seem right. Uh, I can remember crying, thinking I could not do anything right, uh, I, that I wasn't capable of making anything happen because the only thing, it felt like everything that I touched or tried just, you know, fell apart. You know, uh, all of these things were going on simultaneously. And I don't know uh, if any men I, uh, that are listening to me right now have ever felt completely helpless to provide for their family. Uh, but that's totally, you know, where I was. I mean, we had already received a notice of default on our door. We had begun. Uh, we were in the process of losing our house. All of these things were going on at the same time. The story continues. Uh, because uh, on February, you know, 13th, uh, 2008, uh, we actually did lose our primary residence. And then we became what is affectionately known as squatters and bank owned property, uh, technically homeless. And that's what started that that was really, really tough to deal with because the day after February 13th is Valentine's Day. So it's a different kind of anniversary now in, inside of our house. Um, but all of these things were going on. Uh, my wife, fortunately, did carry that child that she was having, you know, trouble with uh, when she had a hyper to full term. So now here we are, you know, at the beginning of 2008, you know, not really having a place to stay. I've got no income. She's got no income. And it's like, this isn't good. 
this is just not good at all. I mean, even disability income, it's it's a, you know, two thirds or one third of not enough to live on. Right. And that's kind of what we're we were trying to figure out is what are we going to do next? And this was all well before, you know, all the extra programs and stuff about short sales and education was out in the marketplace. So we didn't know what to do. And my friend is saying, you need to become a real estate investor. I thought he was crazy, but I didn't have any other solution. I mean, I tried to go get a job and they said $9 an hour. And maybe in your neck of the woods, $9 an hour would actually, you know, sustain your lifestyle. Uh, but for myself and my wife, $9 an hour wasn't going to cut it. And or here, here was the other wor words that I heard that were very, very frustrating. I had bankers tell me because I went to, you know, financial institutions since that was my background and said, hey, let me be a financial planner for you. They were like, sure, you can be a financial planner for us if you have $2 million of assets under management. And if you understand anything about, you know, active money management and their compensation plans, if I, I was like, dude, if I had $2 million under management already, uh, I would not be here. <laughs> you know, uh, this would not be the conversation you and I would be having. And but yet and still, you know, that that was the situation. So that was very, very frustrating to me. And I was like, I didn't have any other options. What was I going to do? And here, here's a thought process that I now think about is why on earth was I pursuing to, you know, another job, or another occupation that didn't work the first 17 or 1700 times you've tried it, right? I don't care how many jobs you've had. You've been right sized, downsized, laid off, put off, whatever, uh, overlooked for a promotion. It hasn't worked yet. What makes you think the next one is going to work? And I don't know what made me think that, but I did. And fortunately, uh, I decided uh, you know, through much prayer, faith, talking to my wife, etc., that we, you know, we would start the process of becoming real estate investors. I went to an educational system. Uh, so 12 days after uh, we lost our house uh, on February 25th, 2008, uh, I start learning for the first time what a mortgage and a deed are. Four months after that, we got our first property. Uh, it's one that we still own out in San Bernardino, uh, California and uh, using a strategy known as subject to. So we, and it was very crazy. I can remember it. Uh, we closed on a property, um, taking over someone else's payments and that, that was in foreclosure. It was crazy. I mean, we, you know, have, obviously we started our, you know, real estate career with a credit score of a 398, uh, no money, uh, not like some money, like no money. Uh, so we had to use hard money to, to buy that particular property. We used the subject to transaction. Those are the tools that many people have heard of, but they, they may not have the understanding or wisdom on how to use those tools. But we were using, we used those two tools combined, uh, leverage to find the, you know, contractors, et cetera, that needed, you know, the work and were able to get the property in, in tip top shape. And we took over the property and put renters in it. When that happened, my mind began to shift and change in ways that I, I did not even know because I had been told all my life, you need money. It takes money to make money. You can't buy houses with a foreclosure. You can't buy houses with a bad credit. All these things that I couldn't do. And here it was in a, in a four month short period by hanging around the, you know, the right people who were going in the right direction uh, that I wanted to go in and listening to their wisdom and letting their ideas influence mine. Uh, I was able to in, in do something completely new. And that's the thing that I began to realize is that my best ideas, everything that I had done in my entire life was a culmination of my best ideas. 
my experience of what I was currently experiencing was a culmination of my best ideas. And that's what I'm going to say for you uh, right now. What you are currently experiencing is a culmination of your best ideas and what was necessary for me. See, it wasn't that I needed more money. I needed better ideas and those better ideas came into my life and I was able and willing to listen to them and do exactly what I was told and just go. And that began a completely different set of circumstances and journey for us. So after doing the first transaction uh, on June 18th, about three weeks later, we did another 11. By the end of 2008, um, we had done nearly two dozen transactions and had created a six-figure income. That had never happened before. Uh, to me. I didn't know what was going on. I mean, my mind is changing. And in 2009, we did like 70 transactions or so. Uh, I eventually began uh, all kind, all other manners of different real estate and learning to be able to put capital together to go out there and, and, and buy groups of houses and resell those. And um, that that's fun, uh, being able to put that together and do stuff like that today. And then eventually I started doing, you know, multifamily buildings where now I I buy, you know, apartment buildings that are broken and I fix them and then we hold them uh, for cash flow uh, in general. And, and we do that over and over and over again. And that's what's exciting to me today is that I get to do that. Now I, I spend a lot of time helping new investors getting started in their own uh, real estate investing career. And uh, I enjoy that. I, I get to actually have fun uh, every day. And one of the things I constantly pray for is different experiences. I know some of you out there, you've been in real estate longer, you know more, you, you, all these things. But here's the thing at the end of the day is that I ask and want new experiences. I want new experiences to come into my life. I don't want to be the guy who's been in an industry for 20 years to say I have 20 years of experiences. That, that's not, that's not encouraging to me because you've had, what it really means is that most people have had the same experience for 20 years. What I want are 20 years of different experiences where I can talk about many different things that I've done and, and what my life has meant and meant, uh, means to other people and how I've been able to impact them. That gets me excited. But in this process of getting to the over 200 units that we currently have right now, uh, I've learned a few things. And I've shared those things, obviously, in the local market. I live in Orange County. And uh, a lot of people, um, you know, have hung around me and have learned. And one of the things I love to do is I love to teach Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow 101 game. That is a very exciting game for me uh, to teach other people because through that game, you can learn so much. My wife and I have taken that game to, you know, uh, uh, schools. Uh, of varying you know grades eighth grade and up and uh, we've been able to use we've even got the privilege to use like there are some not many but some schools have this entrepreneurial program and we've been able to submit uh, some of our deals as examples for classrooms and things of that nature so that's fun um, you know but I, at the end of the day I love that game and and now today I uh, I've had the pleasure of being able to speak on at the same events on the same stage with people like John Asaraf or Jim Bunch or Mari Smith and T. Harv Eker, Ralph Plum, Donald Trump, Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, I've been on the radio uh, with um, Robert Helms and Russell Gray of Real Estate Guys Radio with Dr. Gary Lawrence and uh, Mark Kohler and Matt Terrio, the do-over guy. Uh, I I've been able to do a whole bunch of other things now uh, that get me very, very excited uh, about my life. And 
As I said at the beginning, my intent here uh, with the cash flow diary is to hopefully encourage you to begin to make those same choices and those same things and to really help focus in on, on the ways to think and the skills and the techniques necessary uh, to be able to create some cash flow in your life. I want uh, to go over the what I'm going to call the cash flow question. Uh, the cash flow question is a question that I want you to answer. It's, to, it's designed to help you start thinking about real estate or, or cash flow in a completely different way or business in a completely different way. And uh, feel free to answer it. Eventually, we will have prizes for the cash flow question. But for now, the prize is just, hey, now you're smarter. <laughs> All right. Um, right. So the cash flow question for this particular episode, what I want you to do is I want you to name the benefit of rental real estate that is often called a phantom expense. Name the benefit of rental real estate. It is often called a phantom expense. And I would like to close out this particular episode by saying, play to win now. One of the things that my mom always taught me when we would play cards at the table, we played spades, we play something. When I would lose track of whatever's going on, uh, she would just tell me, son, play to win. And that's what I'm saying to you. Play to win now. Don't wait until your back is against the wall to get into action that and, and have that force yourself to accomplish what you're already capable of. Thank you for investing your time with Jay Massey and the Cashflow Diary. When you have a moment, please visit iTunes and leave a positive comment about the show. And go now to our website, CashflowDiary.com, to take advantage of our free business building course, Cashflow Foundation. Gain the knowledge, understanding, and skill that will teach you how to never need a job again. Until next time. Until next time. Until next time.